Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Low Sodium Show. I'm your host, Mark Lenny Wheeler, and uh, we're have a different show now. Usually we're talking about the, the mossy back, largemouth, freaking bass, but uh, um, this this week we're going to talk a little about river smallmouth. It is one of those fish that I don't get a chance to fish enough. I have such a love for smallmouth bass, um, but I, I, like I said, I just don't get a chance to fish for them enough, and it uh, it irks me. <laughs> Uh, to no avail that I don't get a chance to fish them like I would like to. Um, but we're going to talk about, you know, baits, especially this time of year. This is the time of year that I usually can go out and pull 5, 10, 15 solid, solid fish. Um, but, again, that's uh, <laughs> uh, that's when I can get out and find them. Um so we're going to break that down. Also, because we're going to be on the river, uh, we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit about cast and blast. Um, and I'm going to use the uh, Virginia uh, laws. Uh, so hopefully, for those in VA uh, or, or or elsewhere, you can have a, a basis to kind of go off of. Because I love casting and blasting. It's a it's a it's a ton of fun. And uh, it's a great time to have with uh, all your buddies. Uh, but before we get any further, let me introduce to you my co-host, Mr. Yak Chum, Matt Trucks. What's going on, man? Hey, good evening, Mark. Uh, sounds like you got a good show on the uh, smallmouth river fishing, man. Um, I've done some of that myself, so I can actually uh, relate, which is going to be awesome. <laughs> Finally! Uh, myself, I, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I fished the Delaware River up here in New Jersey, and um, it's a pretty good good river for smallmouth nice size ones and um i i don't know if um our listeners are too familiar with smallmouth river fishing i mean all of them but you know the ones that are they know those bass can fight yeah you know they, they from from the moment they're they're hatched from that egg they're fighting current and and everything else so they're just you know they're just muscular beasts um, which makes them yeah, great. and they're a lot of fun to catch, though. So. Yeah. And, and even the, uh, the largemouth that you can find on most rivers, uh, tidal or, or mountain-style rivers, um, you know, it, it's amazing how different the, the bass are. Uh, it's just, it just fluctuates like that. And, and, and what's surprising is that, yes, the spotted bass that I have caught, uh, especially the ones up here, um, are the, the the ones near me are always it always seems to be on reservoirs that have current, so that kind of fits into um, that that whole you know from from the moment you're hatched you're you're fighting something you know so it it means a lot you know to to, to put that together. Um, but with that being said, of course we're going to take a quick break. And when we come right back, we are going to get this thing rocking and rolling. So that being said, we'll be right back for, for more of the Low Sodium Show, only on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? 
Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers, made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. Full Bay Custom Rods are handcrafted, designed, built by fishermen for fishermen. Each plank goes through a rigorous stress test to ensure the highest quality, period. You can actually feel the action of the bite as well as lure vibration through the foregrip. Made with the highest quality components and made to your specifications. Full Bay Custom Rods bring innovation to your hands. Go to bbrods.com to check out some amazing custom rods. Full Bay Custom Rods, built by fishermen for fishermen. Kayak Fishing Radio presents The Low Sodium Show With your host, Mark, the Landing Crew, Wheeler Alright, we are back And of course, this segment is brought to you by HuntFishPaddle.com Check them out And remember, 10% of your next spinnerbait purchase uh, will be deducted from your bill. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of screwed that one up. But uh, anyway, <laughs> check them out, huntfishpal.com. Um, so let's talk about river smallmouth fishing. Or just let's break down. <sighs> yeah, those spinnerbaits would be good for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, for me, it's the, the War Eagle ones just really work really well on, on uh, um, on river smallmouth, because you usually have a Colorado blade already installed. Um, yeah. They're stellar for that. Um, I've used um, inline spinners such as MEPS or uh, Rooster Tail, so we've had good luck with those, too. Yeah, those those inlines are, are, are solid. You know, they, they really... Those inlines, and I, I sat back one day and actually was like, okay, what does the inline actually, you know, try to mimic? And it came down to me actually, you know, realizing that it mimics that that flickering shad, the small shad that can be around um, rivers that sometimes. That's a fish grappling hook. That too, um, <laughs> but we, we we don't want that per se. Uh, that that that's no bueno. We don't want to snag fish. Um, no, no, I'm not saying snag. I'm just saying if you know the fish hits it, it's it's most likely going to get hooked. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but one of my 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 biggest things that when I fish a a, a stream of any sort. The, the first thing I, I look at before I even head out in the water is I do a little reconnaissance. And and that means, you know, understanding the body of water before I show up. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing that you could ever do is is use use this thing called the Internet. <laughs> and, uh, you know, get on Facebook, get on all these different things and call them up, you know, ask a bunch of questions or just send out the general question. Um, you know, 
what have you know what has been going on? It's the best way to put it. Uh, what should I look for? Um, most likely, you'll get five or six different answers. Uh, and and what I really don't want to get into when I'm asking these questions is is I don't want to know baits. I don't want to know baits because one thing that I have learned throughout the years is that when you start getting into specific baits and you go from a uh, a guy who says that he uses you know uh, uh, a Senko right in you know motor oil and he catches them all up in the same sense if I <clears throat> excuse me and he fish and he's fishing that Senko um like a a, a jerk bait then when I use a Senko like a um like a, a a finesse bait it creates this misconception between us and and, and, yeah, and then I go, oh, I didn't catch anything on that and he goes, Oh, you suck and uh just creates a lot of tension. I just want to know, you know, what's the water clarity most likely? You know, is it stained? Is it clear? What kind of bottom contour? You know, is it mud, sand, rock, uh, bedrock, limestone? I, uh, that's what I want to know. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it, it goes uh, – that's what I'm going for is, is I want to know the details of that river. Um, you know, is it fast? Are there rapids? I want to know all of that because that's going to decide on what baits I'm going to use. So, starting from there, and we're going to use a, a river that that I fish a lot, or try to at least, and that's the, the Upper James River. Um, the Upper James River is is its own entity, in that it's it's clear, it's got some rapids, some grass, it, it's got a little bit of everything. So, the way I, I tell people when they, when they decide they're going to fish the upper James is I let them know, listen, you know, you're fishing in pretty clear water unless it's right after a rainstorm, right? Otherwise, it's going to be a little muddy from runoff and everything else. And it's, going to, and then it's already a, a pretty quick running piece of water in a lot of sections. Um. You know, there's there's tons of grass and and you know certain areas, eel grass mostly. Um, and when you you know you're fishing it, look for those those pockets of of you know slower water, as well as don't be afraid to work the banks as well. The undercut banks are really good too. You know, that's basically what I'm going to tell them. Uh, along with you know, there's there's minnows, a lot of bluegill, a lot of brim. Um, a lot of little forage species and, and, and crawfish as well. <coughs> and you have an opportunity of seeing gar and big catfish as well. Basically how I'll, I'll, I'll break down a body of water for someone for the first time. Now, <laughs> just reading the chat room. Hey, uh, uh, in the chat room we have uh, Chris Carlisle. 
uh, guests. Remember, you can always sign in using your social media account. Or if you want to call in, number 714-816-4727. Feel free to call in and uh, ask any questions you might have. And, of course, one of the best, if not the best, sponsors to the low, to myself and the Low Sodium Show, Mr. Tommy Head Jiggs. Um, so... Like I said, I'm going to use my knowledge of the the, the James River, and this you use for many rivers, uh, the Calf Killer, um, uh, the Delaware, a- any of them. Well, what you need to understand is that if you are using or you're going after strictly smallmouth, okay, your gear basically needs to coincide with that river. Um, if you're fishing the Tennessee River Valley and and the Tennessee River areas, okay? (coughs) I got a wicked cough today. Um, you know, those, that body of water is known for the shad in it. It is a very large body of water as well. So you can literally work a bank or just stay on one side of a bank and not even have to cross it, which it could be 100, 200 yards wide. You know, and that's all things, you know, the Susquehanna has its own thing, you know, and that's where uh, Juan Verut and, and Jeff Little really, you know, make their money is up there. The Upper Potomac, uh, it's uh, Shenandoah, all of their, you know, its own thing. So understanding, you know, your your body water you're, you're looking at is, is extremely important, and I can't stress that. I just want to get out first. You can I cannot stress that enough. You have to figure that out. What is your body of water? If you post on Facebook or whatever, and no one answers you, then you've got to go old school. And that and what I what I mean by old school is you've actually got to put some legwork in and, and spend some time looking at satellite photographs. You have got to look at um any news articles uh for for um tell me put in here uh uh swimming holes right you know you you look for and i i'll I'll do a search uh for and I know it's sad, but you know deaths on you know x river and and I'll look through it and nine times out of ten they'll say you know the most kids, you know, the you know the person died at the swimming hole off of Route 15. You know, so you know, okay, Route 15. Look at the map. Okay, there's Route 15, and it comes in and bows right there off of that that point. Okay, I, that, that's right where I'm going to be going. So that must be a, a swimming hole or somewhere where people stay and, and do that stuff. Okay, that's cool. You know, and, and that might using be a good spot to catch man-eating fish too. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, uh, uh, man-eating uh, 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 money grubbers, um, but you know another great thing is look if it, <clears throat> look and see if you know <coughs> where the look for skinny dippers. Um, look and see if if up the river at all is a tube rental place. And you're going, why do I need to be look for a tube rental place? Well, you want to know when they're renting tubes. A lot of places only do tube rentals over the weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, right, during the summertime. I want to know when they're renting tubes because the last thing I want to have happen is spend all stinking day 
having to deal with, with folks in their tubes. You know, running over me, you know, being being goofy and, and everything else. You don't want that. At least that that's how I look at it. Uh, I don't want to deal with that personally. Um, don't more power to them. Just when I'm going out there fishing for, for strictly for smallmouth, I don't want to be worrying about them. Can you fish around them? Of course. Um, but it helps to know ahead of time. You that can hey, always hook their tube and they'll have a bad day. Oh, of course. And, you know, you don't want to be dealing with that. <clears throat> that BS. Um, All you got to do is cut your line. Yeah. But but even still, you just don't want to, you know, be be dealing with it. Or if you, you, you know, you know, okay, they, they don't start tube rentals until 10 o'clock. It would behoove me if I don't want to deal with them to get in there early and get a head start on these folks before they get out in the water. You know, so it gives you an idea of, of what's going on. Um, <coughs> gosh darn it. Now, with all that being said, let's break down what I always bring on a smallmouth trip. And I'm talking rods and tackle. And I break it down really simple. I always have a spinning rod, six and a half, seven foot, seven two, with me. One or two spinning rods. Usually it's just one. You know, and that is my my beet bread and butter. Okay, that's what I'm throwing. You know, my weightless beets. It's what I'm throwing. Um, you know, certain other styles of baits. You know, weightless flukes, you know, stuff like that. And then I always carry at least two bait casting setups. Uh, one is a medium heavy, a seven footer. Uh, that's the rod that I'll use usually in like the, the six to the 15 pound range, um, eighth to, to, to like half ounce is what I'm usually looking at. That's what I use for throw tubes, uh, Texas rigs, um, you know, small spinner baits, quarter ounce or less. Uh, th- that's that rod. When then then my next rod is my heavier duty one. It's it's usually you know half to an ounce. And the reason I bring this rod in, it's about seven and a half feet long. The reason I bring this rod is a lot of the 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 areas I'm fishing have or at least now have areas where a jig can be really deadly um and and having that that jig be able to to skip this is my skipping rod. A skipping bait casting rod. It allows me to, to skip that bait underneath the, those ledges, punch those wood piles, uh, any hydrilla that might be on the on the body of water as well. Um, <clears throat> you know, to punch through those areas, a little bit heavier baits, you know, larger spinner baits for those deeper holes, um, you know, swim baits, you know, all those little things are, are are components to my my whole scheme. Now, for 
uh, for baits. Line, okay, let me break down line real fast. If I'm dealing with a sand, mud body of water where there's not a whole lot of rock, okay, I'm using fluorocarbon the whole time. Now, with that being said, if I'm on, like, the James River where I'm talking about bedrock and, and you know, uh, uh, slate and stuff like that, I'm, I'm going to use braid. Um, and usually it's no more than 20-pound braid, most likely 10 or less. And it's going to be um, no no floral leader. And, and that's only the first time. Um, and, and the reason for, it's always on the first time I go there. The reason is, is because I'm going to use such thin diameter line. And these are the bait caster, the, my light bait, and, and spinning setup. My flip pitch setup is, you know, going to be that 50-pound range. Now, I say this because, and first time I'm out in a body of water, I'm still trying to figure it out. And if I hear it's all pretty much strictly bedrock bottom, I'm going to be very leery about using fluoro. Will I use fluoro? Of course. But that first trip, I'm still trying to find the fit, figure out the fish. I'm figuring out that body of water as well. Now, after I've been on that trip once or twice, will I switch to fluoro if I think I can? Yes, I will. But when you start talking slate and bedrock and, and all these things, it just can turn into a... Uh, a match for disaster is the best way to put it. Um, reels, whatever reel you choose. Again, for me, uh, I, I switch baits so often when I'm on the river. You know, the basics. You know, uh, for the conventional reel, I'm using 6.5-to-1 reel, 6.3-to-1. Um, you know, 2,000 size spinning reel. And, of course, my flip pitch rod is a 7.3-to-1 as well. Um, now baits that I bring out, and I, and, and for, for river fishing, I, I'd keep it pretty darn simple. I take flukes, <coughs> weightless jerk baits. I take a handful of, uh, hard plastic, and, and, and you know, they range from the Rapala little three inch, two and a half inch little ones that I'll use on a spinning rod, <coughs> all the way up to, you know, uh, uh, pointer 110, you know, uh, just a variety. And and a lot of times on rivers, uh, the, I only carry one color when I first head out there. And that's a silver with a blue back. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> oh, gosh. Service <laughs> um, high blue back. It's, it's the common do- denominator on many, many, many rivers. Unless I hear that there's a, a really good population of um, yellow perch. And then I'll take some yellow perch colored baits as well. Um, you know, I'm always going to have Tommy head jigs, which gives me, you know, leverage. When plan on fishing for smallies on rivers.
when I'm using a Tommy head jig, or I'm planning on, on, on fishing them for that for the sake, I always take a pack of Tommy heads, and it's usually the eighth ounce ones. And I take that five pack, and I go ahead and pre-rig a handful of tubes. Um, now, the reason for that is it just speeds up things. You know, a pack of Tommy heads, you got five in a pack. This allows me to to, to put a handful aside for the trip. Um, because most likely they're one of the first ones I'll, I'll, I'll tie on. Um, and, and the color tubes and size of tubes vary. Um, but for me, uh, it's usually I carry about four or five colors. I will always have a green pumpkin, a watermelon, red flake, blue flake, whatever, um, are, are my two main ones. I will always have a laminate style. And it's nine, 99 times out of 100 going to be like a green pumpkin or watermelon top with either a yellow or orange belly. That That is my go-to color for for most rivers. It's, it mimics your... Your your yellow perch it mimics bluegill and and tons of different little bait in that water. Uh, the next color I usually always carry is like a June bug. For whatever reason, you know you're you you've got so many of those little nymphs and bugs and, and stuff like that, creepy crawly things that are usually pretty dark. June bug is the color I usually carry. And then my last one, and it's kind of a surprise, is a is a albino or, or pearl color. This allows me, you know, if I see a lot of shad in the water, to kind of match the hatch. I, I I've I've always got duet pens on me, so I will always you know have that ability to to add a little color here, do a little there. To uh, add a little something, something, some spice to it. Um, you know, I've always got you know my my basic plastics, you know, shaky uh, finesse worms, uh, uh, ticklers from Power Team Lures, and 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 others as well. You know, I keep it very simple. Probably three box, three Plano boxes is all I'll use a lot of times. Um, and the the last box is my 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 smallmouth power baits, um, you know spinner baits. I don't usually go more than three quarter ounce on spinner baits in, in rivers. Uh, mostly as what well, I will use a lot of uh, of Colorado blades. Um, now will I have some willow leaf setups? Of course, um, but you know it's usually a lot of Colorado blades. Um, you know, I'll have some some top waters, some poppers. I'll have some uh, uh, walk the dogs. Um, a frog works great. I always have a mouse bait, uh, mouse hard bait. That that mouse hard bait is 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 a great bait to have with you on rivers. A lot of times you're you're passing through areas that have fields. And if a farmer is mowing that field, just sit there and watch. A lot of times you'll see mice jumping in the water. 
okay? Having a mouse-style bait could mean you put an extra, uh, a really big bass in your, your boat. Um, oh, let's see here. What else do I have in that box? I think that's about it. Oh, a couple of small square bills. Yeah, that, that's about about what I use. Birds, I don't like using bird baits on on rivers. Um, do I have I have a few, and I really like using them in, in in marshy areas, areas that have um a lot of bird activity. Yeah, insects work work great too, and that comes into that plastic. You know, Berkeley's got and Bass Pro have those, you know, uh, French fries and 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 all these different baits that that mimic those those bugs that are always out there. Um, so, all things to consider. Um, you know, my biggest thing for for people heading out. On, for the first time on any river to go after smallmouth is to realize that smallmouth fight current all the time. But if you find an area where they don't have to fight the current, most likely you have one in there. And especially if you have clear water, making good, precise, long casts and letting the, the, the water's current carry your bait is your best friend. Um, it will make your life a ton easier. I promise you that. Um, I'm actually going to take a quick break and uh, let me catch my composure real fast. And when we come right back, we're going to break down, you know, how to if you're just starting off, you know, things you need to look for, and, and how to present, you know, a certain baits, certain ways, um, to those smallmouth. How to use the water to your advantage. So we'll be right back with more of the Low Sodium Show, only on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Bull Bay Custom Rods are handcrafted, designed, built by fishermen for fishermen. Each blank goes through a rigorous stress test to ensure the highest quality, period. You can actually feel the action of the bite as well as lure vibration through the foregrip, made with the highest quality components and made to your specifications. Bull Bay Custom Rods bring innovation to your hands. Go to bbrods.com to check out some amazing custom rods. Bull Bay Custom Rods, built by fishermen for fishermen. Alright folks, I don't know if you've heard yet, but Tommy Head jigs have been doing a two-for-one special each month. Certain colors equal certain setups. And right now, the month of September, it's two-for-one. Pink Pepper Death. Um, so get to TommyHeadJigs.com right now. Buy yourself two packs. You get a third free. So get out there and do it. Again, TommyHeadJigs.com. The best jig heads out on the market. So for all of you Northern Salmon guys, guess what? I've got a bait for you. Food Chain. That's right. We Lickem Lures has a soft plastic imitation of all those those eggs that you use to catch those salmon. Mix and match your colors to make the salmon go crazy. Oh, and did we mention we have a 
superimposed embryo as well to make these the most lifelike salmon eggs, artificial salmon eggs, out on the market. So check them out. Go to lickemluresinc.com to check them out. Get out there and catch that salmon of a lifetime. Go to lickemluresinc.com. You are listening to The Low Sodium Show on Kayak Fishing Radio with your host, Mark, the Landing Crew Wheeler. All right, we're back. And again, this show, this segment is brought to you by HuntFishPal.com. Receive 10% off your next spinnerbait purchase by putting in spinnerbait10 at the checkout. Again, go to HuntFishPal.com. Check them out. Um... So let's talk about real fast how to use water to present your bait. And what I usually tend to explain to people is that when you make your cast in, in current and you're, let, you're watching your, your bait and your line and everything else, when you find that eddy, you can usually watch that bait do one of two things. Either A it's going to catch that eddy and actually swing into the, the, that, that slower water. Or B, it's going to catch the outside edge. There's always two ways. Um, it's going to catch that outside edge and move quicker and take off. Now, when you're fishing it um, on that edge there, do you, would you uh, rather be kind of drifting around in the slower-moving water, casting into the faster water, or vice versa? I mean, from my experience... I've always felt that the uh, the bigger smallmouth are kind of in the more rapidly faster shallow water. It's you know for for me I I always like to work from fast to slow. Now with that and this is in the, usually in the center of the <coughs> it's usually in the center of the um the, the river at times, but in the same sense, I am fishing areas along the shoreline that have a higher current, and usually those areas with the higher current have that undercut bank, and what most people don't realize is that, that when that bank gets undercut like that, all the way through that that the bottom contour of there is just a bunch of hip, uh, hills and valleys. You know, it's a hump all the way through there. And those bigger bass will put their nose onto one of those those bumps and let the water just kind of pass over top of them and, and using, you know, the whole aerodynamic flare to actually keep them pinned on the bottom until they have to come out and feed. Um... And I've seen this multiple times where they use, like I said, they use their, their body to, and their aerodynamic profile to actually keep them pushed on the bottom. It's kind of crazy. Um, they're not, so they're going to be all, all the way on the bottom of that ridge, kind of underneath it, or they're going to be like right on the top of the, the, the edge of it where the water is running over? Um, for those undercut banks, they're going to be pinned all the way on the inside of it. 
You know, so that that's okay. where skipping a, a bait really works well. When you can like a for if I see if I see a undercut bank, I'm using maybe three baits: a weightless senko, a um, a small skipping jig, you know, quarter ounce jig, or I'm using a tube. And, and you know, the only one that I'm not throwing on, on uh, spinning gear is maybe the jig, you know, where I can skip it underneath there and and kind of work it out kind of slow. Or usually because it's so light, quarter ounce. When I skip that jig in there, it'll it'll free flow and skip and drag along the bottom by itself, and, and you just you just wait for it. You know, la- slack line and just wait. You know, keep the rod tip high so not all the lines in the water, and, and just watch the line. All of a sudden, the line will jump. <laughs> it's like oh, there he is. Boom. Um, same thing with the sink goes in the in the tubes as well. Um. You know, it's it's one of those crazy things. You know, in reading the water, you know, you can always tell where the you know the slow slower water is. You know, make five or six casts of that same hole. You know, if it's deep enough or it's turbulent enough that you can't see in there, there is most likely something 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 sitting in there. Especially if you see a lot of of bait and a lot of other things coming through that area you know it's usually a great precursor of, of what's what's to come um, and that's where those fish will be sitting and I always pre-plan for I always pre-plan for those spots that when I'm coming down the river and I see one ahead of me one of my first casts is with a um, a spinner bait if, if that's what I have tied on or a tube you know, because you're you're floating down it, so you're floating down. You see it up ahead of you. You get ready for it. I'll make the cast with a spinner bait, and I'll cast past it, and then just slowly keep, you know, slowly reel. And all I'm doing is keeping the slack out of the line. I'm not moving it anywhere. I'm just keeping the slack out. I might move it to get it in that eddy for a second, but what's happening is that spinner bait's that that blade is spinning and it's clanking on the bottom, and I'm just just real slowly just 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 keeping it going, you know, keeping it that bait semi upright, and I'm just going and just just feeling out. You feel bonk 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 as it's just hitting the bottom. As soon as it gets in that hole, you know, I'll I'll pop the rod tip, and what what that's doing is that bait just swung into the the slower water. <clears throat> and, and usually, right before it gets in that slower water, it, it hits a, a a faster flowing edge. Especially with a, a Colorado blade spinner bait, it'll actually make that bait rise off the bottom. And by keeping that line tight, the moment it gets in that slower water, by popping that rod tip, it makes the bait look like it's panicking. And usually, right after that, uh, the line gets gets you know the Thump, set the hook, and you're 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 fighting a fish uh, with like a tube. Again, I'm just keeping it right off that right on the right on the bottom, keeping the slack out of the line, and just keeping things kosher as I'm floating down that area. Now, once I am past <clears throat> that hole, I'll turn around 
and refish it by casting up current and let it come down current a few times. Nothing there, then I'll go ahead and paddle away. You know, using you know, using things like a, a, a tree limb to, to hold myself. And remember, if you are floating down the river and you hit and you're floating sideways, okay, very important. And all of a sudden you hit something. The biggest thing you have to remember, okay, is to lean into it. It do, it doesn't feel right. Reason you lean into it slightly, you bump, you lean, okay, just ever so slightly. The reason you do that is if you bump, your natural reaction is to pull the other way. What happens is you're basically turning your 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 gunnel into a plane, and it's going to flip you faster than you've ever been flipped before in your life, and you don't want that. Okay, so when you bump, you just slightly just lean it, and I, all I do is I just kick my hips slightly you know, towards the uh, the bump, and, I, and it writes myself out, and then I use my hips, you know, my, my core, to, to keep myself even until I get off of that obstruction. It takes a little getting used to, trust me. Um, but once you do, you realize, oh, that, that makes sense. Um, you know, that, that's pretty much the basics of river smallmouth. Um, nothing too crazy. Um, yeah, you know, fallen trees are great <coughs> on, on those bodies of water. They're just full of, of, of turbulent, you know, slower moving water. Those fish can get into and, and chill out. Um, everyone, please, uh, have warm thoughts for Chris. Uh, I just saw that uh, the Dakotas are looking at some snow already uh, for this, this next few days. So um, <laughs> starting early. Um, so uh, yeah. Um, let's talk about casting blast real fast. I hope he's got a dry suit. Yeah, I know, right? Um, he's gonna need it. This is the time of the year that. Usually, most states have an early September uh, Canadian goose season, or early goose season. And this is when I get out and I do a lot of my goose hunting. Usually, it's a more of a liberal bag limit. I can take more, and I don't have to worry about a, a blind or anything else. <laughs> what I do, if I'm planning on casting and blasting, I am taking one rod. And it's going to be a spinning rod. Okay. Um, I'm going to use a spinning rod. It's going to, you know, I'm taking maybe two different boxes of baits, just all variety. But I'm taking four boxes of shells. Um, and what I do, because I'm in the CUDA, I always unhook my center hatch. Okay? I will then use my... Uh, uh, a little bit of a 550 cord in between my two uh, snaps and just run it across there so I can lay the barrel towards the bow and then this, the the butt or sits on that 550 cord. just keeps it up. So all I have to do is flip open the top, grab it and pull, and I'm ready to rock and roll. Um, safety on, please. Remember, safety first. <clears throat> And remember where you're, you're shooting. That's the biggest thing. You know, don't be shooting down someone's backyard or anything like that. You know, you, use common sense as a common virtue. Um, those are all things you need to remember. 
But basically all it is is you're floating down and you look over and there's a, you know, some geese on the water. It's as simple as just speeding up your paddle and jump shooting them. Um, it's really effective. I mean, I don't know how many times I've, I've come around a bend and there's five or six geese and I'll kind of paddle to slow myself down, let my buddies catch up to me. We make a line and then we just paddle up to them, you know, get ready. And the moment we start to see them open their wings, we're reaching and grabbing and getting ready to pop them. Um, super simple. You don't, again, you don't need a blind license or, or get all camoed up. Um, you know, I don't know how many times I've made a cast, looked up, you know, and here comes two geese flying right down the river. It's like, oh, here we go, cut them. Boom, 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 bow, boom, boom, bow, 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 boom, boom, bow. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a ton of fun. Ton of fun. Um, so, definitely get out there and try it. Uh, Matt, you have any questions, man? <clears throat> yeah, when we go and river fishing. <laughs> Come on down, man. We'll have some fun. Um, <laughs> you know, I figured a, a short, easy show. Uh, you know, not because I know a lot of guys' brains are are mush after the past two shows. So uh, we'll keep it simple. And with that being said, uh, Matt, plug yourself, man. All right. Uh, visit my website, theplastichull.net. Check it out. Um, rigging reviews, fishing trips, fishing stories, all kinds of good stuff. Stuff we know and love. Uh, Jackson Kayak, why paddle the rest when you can paddle the best. Aquabound, bending branches, paddles. Great paddles uh, for the fishermen within you. Um, Ram mounts made in the USA. Uh, they have everything, rod holders, anything you could think of to rig your kayak up. And torpedo motors. Um, those days you get tired of paddling, come back with a little bit of power. All right, Mark, that's it. Cool, man. Thanks for, thanks for all your help, man. Um, my sponsors... Our personal sponsors, Huntfish Paddle is a low-sodium sponsor. Check them out at huntfishpaddle.com and their Facebook page as well. Um, Jackson Kayak, Orca Coolers, Lick'em Lures, Tommy Head Jigs, and I know I'm forgetting someone. <laughs> Pool Bay Rods. Ah, there it is. So with that being said, I'd like to thank everyone for showing up tonight. Uh, you know, it's an easy show. Uh, you know, again, I, I, I don't get a chance to fish it enough, but uh, what I do know, it, it's a ton of fun. So get out there and try it before it gets too uh, too cold on you. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Um, but with that being said, folks, take your kids hunting and fishing. It's dove season. Get them out there. Hunt some doves. doesn't matter if you shoot anything. The time together is what's important. And always remember, you no one has ever framed a kid playing video games. Always wear your PFD. We're heading into colder, to colder climbs. Okay, and a PFD can literally be your saving grace. Please, it does you no good if it's floating away as you're drowning. Always wear your PFD. If you get out this weekend... Remember, fortune always favors the bold. It might take some time, but it'll always favor you. And always, you know how it always ends, folks. To remember to get your fish on, man. Ha ha. 
Hope everyone has a great weekend. Please, 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 please. <laughs> Take time tomorrow to remember those that lost their lives uh, because it is 9-11. And hopefully you get out there you know, with your family and just take a second to remember them. So that being said, folks, have a great night. Catch you next weekend, only on the Low Sodium Show. Good night, everybody.